Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher Study. My name is Kevin Clark, and I, along with my friend, my colleague, and the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, Bob Hutto, have the pleasure of bringing this uh, podcast to you. Thank you for your time and your attention. Many of you have been with us from the very beginning. Some of you have come along the way. Either way, we appreciate your support. And as we always say, please encourage other people to listen to the podcast and and become regular listeners, uh, whether it be your friends or your colleagues at work or fellow uh, students at class, even your teachers. Uh, We just want to share the Word. Obviously, what we're trying to do is exalt God's Word. We have every confidence based on Isaiah 55 that if we do that, God will do His part. The Word will not return into Him void. And so, very thankful for this opportunity. And we always want to give thanks to Jason Reed and Mark Townsend. They're two of our deacons here who always make this uh, format possible. They are the technical wizards behind all of this. And Bob and I have admitted very frankly and candidly several times, if it were left to us, there would be no podcast. And so we're very thankful for their services and their talents and their family's willingness to uh, loan them to us for a period of time. Uh, I always want to give my colleague, uh, Brother Hutto, an opportunity to make some introductory comments because he does the same for me. So what do you have, brother? <laughs> well, we just appreciate everybody listening. Uh, it's so encouraging uh, as uh, from time to time people will tell us that uh, they appreciate what we're doing. They, they're regular listeners. We're, we're helping them, and they share what we, what we do here with others. And so that's, that's really encouraging to us. It makes us feel like we're accomplishing what we, what we want right. to accomplish, getting the Word of God out there right. to as many people as we can, right. just sowing the seed and then Amen. allow the seed that's of the right. Word of God to bear fruit. And so those, every word of encouragement is appreciated. Amen. And so uh, I just, just want to thank people for their good encouraging words very much so we're going to continue with our study of the book of james as you know we've been in the first chapter and and we've really enjoyed the very practical uh teaching that we have encountered in this chapter we've talked about it several times almost calling it the proverbs of the new testament you see some of the same themes that are covered in proverbs also covered here in fact you'll see in a lot of these podcasts that we will refer back to verses in Proverbs to illustrate the same principle that's being taught uh, in the passage under consideration. And so let's get right back into it. Last time uh, we talked about the fact that when we are tempted, we cannot blame God for those temptations. Rather, we have to take ownership of that ourselves. The Bible says that we are tempted uh, when our own desires are draw us away from the way of God and we're enticed and then we sin and then sin brings forth death. And so the Lord made it very clear that we are responsible for our sin and we cannot blame God. But on the flip side, what God does for us, he doesn't tempt us. Rather, he is the beneficiary and the, or the, the source of all good things. Every good gift that we receive ultimately comes from God. And we talked last time about the many things that God has done for us, life and health and strength, our families, our children, our jobs, our schools, standard of living, uh, the legal system we live under, the country we're in. There are just so many things, but obviously most importantly, the gift of his son uh, on the cross that allows us to have fellowship with him and salvation. And, and those are the things that we want to focus on. And hopefully once we focus on those things, it will cultivate within us a spirit of gratitude and thankfulness that will in turn lead us, us to be more successful in controlling the desires. That's one of the last points we made is that the life of a Christian is a life of self-control. And so uh, sometimes in the world, people talk about I'm frustrated by not being able to do this and not being the handcuff and the shackles of scripture and all this kind of stuff. If you don't like self-control or you cannot uh, adhere to that, then I hate to say it, Christianity really isn't for you because Paul made it clear, the apostles made it clear, Jesus made it clear that the life of a Christian is a life of self-control. 
We do fail from time to time, and we have the blood of Jesus that allows us to repent of those things, turn away, confess, and get back on the right path. But it's not a life where you just, if it feels good, do it. Or I'm tired of restraining myself, and I just want to go unrestrained. Uh, that's not what God calls us to do. One of the points that we did make last week that we could have is that you know the law of God is one of the good things that He it gives is. us. You it go is. back into the Old Testament, look at point. the law of Moses. Yes, the law of Moses, Deuteronomy says, is is given for your good. Yeah, that's right. And so the restraint that God puts on us. Point. That's really for our good. It is. People that live a life of excess yeah. and a life of no restraint and yeah. self-indulgence to right. excess and all that, that's, that's, that's a hard life. It is. And that's, it, it may be, bring some sort of pleasure temporarily, but right. in the lo- long run, that's going to hurt a person. That's a great point. And so even the restriction or the restraint or the limits, whatever word you want to use there, right. that God places upon us, that's really for our good. long-term good. And I so like if we that. can think of it that way, right. instead of, well, I'm shackled, I'm restricted, right. I can't do this, I can't do that. Right. No, just, here, I'm, I'm living a disciplined life right. that is going to work to my benefit That's if, a great if I keep point. up with I it. I like that. And you know, Paul says it this way, that godliness has the promise of the life that now is and the life that is to come. Mm-hmm. And so we focus so much about what's to come. But he's saying, no, there are benefits to godliness even in this life. And that just echoes yeah, you, what you, you said. You just think about what we saw, that God, God gives good things. Mm-hmm. Would would God say, well, you know, Kevin, now there's a better life that right. you could live, but right. I, I, I'm just going to, I'm not yeah. going to let you live that life <laughs> and I'm just going to make you live a far inferior life. Now, that's no, not no, the kind of God no, that we serve. Absolutely. The, the godly life is the best possible is. of all lives. And so once we learn that and once we realize that, again, we're tempted and we fall short sometimes, right. Right. but once we realize that, maybe that'll help us that this life that we're called to lead yep. is the best life. And it takes something you've talked about in multiple podcasts. It takes wisdom, like the wisdom that James talks about in the beginning of the chapter, to see those things sometimes, the spiritual wisdom from above, to see that this life of restraint is indeed the better life. And so we certainly want to, to strive to adhere to it. So let's talk a little bit about some of the restraints of this better life we've been talking about. and we'll start in verse 19 and go through verse 20. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Why? For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And I like New King James Version, the so then, tying us back into the discussion we just had, which is when we sin, it's our responsibility. It's our fault. Don't blame God. God actually, on the other hand, is the a source of all good things that come, including salvation of his own will. He brought us forth by the word of truth. And so he says, now, if that's the case, if, if sin really is our own responsibility, what do we do about that? Well, here's some practical teaching to help mm-hmm. us keep these desires under control. He says, first of all, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man has not produced the righteousness of God. One of the themes we're going to see throughout the book of James is the control of the tongue, that the tongue Mm -hmm. is a very powerful uh, tool that we have in our toolbox, but it's like many tools. It can do some wonderful things, and it can do some horrible things, and it can do a lot of damage, and so we have to be very careful how we use that. So we'll see that theme over and over again, and that is a part of the obedience that we render unto God. So he says here, you need to be a person who is quick to listen not so quick to speak. And whoa, we see that all the time. You probably have seen it. I've seen it in my own life 
that there's a lot of wisdom in this of being a person that takes the time to listen to what others have to say. You don't want to be the kind of person, and maybe you've been this person, where you hear something and you automatically come to a snap judgment, you get angry about it, you say something you shouldn't say, and it turns out that the basis upon which you said what you said was wrong in the first place because you didn't get all the facts. You know, we need to be people who are calm and controlled and, and listen to what has to be said. When, when we're quick to speak, what tends to happen? Not very good things. There are several passages in Proverbs that teach this verse or this principle. Proverbs ten nineteen is one of my favorites, but it also is one that, uh, quite frankly, I need to do a little better job adhering to. Proverbs ten nineteen says this, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. And so uh, the more that we talk, the more that we put stuff out there is the more of an opportunity for the devil to tempt us to use it in an inappropriate, abusive, and wrong way. And so there is wisdom in restraining the tongue. You know, we tell everybody, just because a thought comes in your mind, it doesn't have to come out your mouth. You learn to control your tongue. Learn to listen to others. Uh, it helps you in terms of promoting good relations. It helps you in terms of solving disputes and solving problems that come mm-hmm. up. We, we want to be the kind of people that are thoughtful and deliberate, not people who lash out, instantly become angry, instantly. We're like, have you ever been around people like that, where it's almost like you're walking around a landmine. You know at some point they're going to blow their stack about something, and it's just a matter of what it is, mm-hmm. and they just don't exercise that kind of self-control. But the Bible tells us that we need to be the kind of people that are careful in our tongue. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 13 is another verse. Uh, he who answers a matter before he hears it it is a folly and shame to him. And we can tie this back in. How many times, again, we don't have all the facts, and we go ahead and answer. We're quick to speak, unlike James who says, be slow to speak. He says, you know what? That's a folly and it's a shame. And there have been times I've found in my life where I've reached snap judgments, quick conclusions, didn't get all the facts, mm-hmm. and ended up saying something that was foolish, saying something that was embarrassing, saying something that was unbecoming of me. And the Bible is saying, slow down, listen, think before you speak, because that tongue is very dangerous. It can do a lot of harm. It can do a lot of good, but it's got to be thoughtfully deployed. Thoughtfully deployed. Right. What do you say, brother? Well, I would just echo all that. Amen, all that. Uh, you know, the, the exhortations to listen, they're numerous in the Bible. There, yes. there are lots of them. Hear, O Israel. Yes. It's just another way of saying, I want you to listen to me. Right. So all of those uh, imperatives to hear, it's just another way of saying to listen. That's right. And that. All you got to do is get out your concordance and, and go through it. And yes. You can see how, how often God says, listen to what I'm telling you. Hear what I have to say. Hear my words. Just think about all the good things that come from listening. Mm-hmm. Talk about the bad things mm-hmm. that come from uh, in, in, speaking impulsively. Right. But think about the good that comes from listening. That's a good point. And, uh, you know, we need to be... We need to train ourselves to be good, good listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, effort uh, involved in developing our public speaking skills right. and all of that. Well, be learn to be a good listener. Right. Your relationships will yes. improve yes. if you're a good listener. Yes. If, if we listen to our wives, right. well, you know, our relationship <laughs> is gonna is gonna be Amen. is gonna Im- improve. <laughs> uh, we, we work together with others mm-hmm. better if we listen to, if we're willing to listen well then we're going to 
work together better than if we are the one always that, that he, I'm talking, I'm talking, I expect you to listen to me. Right, so, right. Okay, you, want, you want a good a partnership with your fellow workers, learn to listen Amen. to what they have to say. Um, learn Solving problems yeah, yeah, will result yeah. from being a good listener. I've That's got a right. problem. Let right. me listen to those who have had similar problems or right. something like that. And that'll help me solve my problem. Getting getting good advice, yep. getting the information we need. In another study uh, I had recently, where we talked about Exodus chapter eighteen, where mm-hmm. uh, Moses meets Jethro, his father-in-law, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Jethro says, "Moses, I see all these people coming yeah. to you, and yeah. they're wanting you to to solve their problems for right. them. Uh, you, there's a better way. Why right. don't you?" Find some wise men from uh-huh. among Israel that you have confidence in it and appoint them right. to uh, adjudicate the lower level cases. And you Amen. do the you do the more complicated cases. And Moses listened to him. That's right. Moses described as a meek man. And part of meekness is the ability like to this. receive instruction. That's right. There you and go. so a willingness to, to, to mm-hmm. listen and to receive instruction. And so Moses was lis- willing to listen to his father-in-law, took his advice, right. implemented it, and it worked out to his benefit. All from being a willing listener. I like that. That's, and your point is great about the humility that is involved in listening. Because you're saying what these other people have to say is, in my opinion, more important than what I have to say. And you honor them by listening to that. I thought of another example of just that sort of thing that you said with Moses and Jethro. Think about Acts 18. You have Apollos and Aquila right. and Priscilla. Yeah, great. And that's impressive to me because Apollos is described, even before he's had the way the Lord explained him more perfectly, as a man who is mighty in the Scriptures and eloquent. And so he's a great speaker, dynamic. And by contrast, no such uh, description is being given of Aquila and Priscilla. Yeah, and they're, yet... They're kind of manual labor. Yeah, they work with their hands or tent makers. That's exactly yeah. right. But they take him aside and explain the way of the Lord more perfectly to him. And to his credit, he listens to them. And then he's able to change his teaching to incorporate the elements that he did not understand. And he does a yeah. lot of good for the Lord's saints yeah, absolutely. because he listened. Yeah, That's, that's a great right. point about that's right. that. So, so swift to hear, yeah. slow to speak slow to anger. That's exactly right. I, I love this. We're running out of time. A couple of few points. We'll probably spend a couple podcasts on this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but another th- I thought about in Proverbs 18 that goes right along with this, uh, verse 17, it says, the first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. <laughs> and I call that as a lawyer cross-examination. But again, it's this idea, let's wait before we make decisions and make judgments. Let's take all the facts in. And, and listening is a key part of that. Uh, how many times have you thought a situation was a certain thing and you start running with it yeah. and come to find out your premise was completely wrong and all that other thinking on top of that was also wrong? I've been there se- several times. I, I've kind of thought, okay, this is why this person do it and this person had this motivation and they're doing did and I got worked up and I'm angry and come to find out it had nothing to do with that at all. And if I'd just taken the time, asked some questions, listened, then all that anger that I built up right. never would have built up. And as they say, you know, the, the old saying, there's two sides to every story. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and we need to be, you know, patience plays a part in that as well. You hear one side of the story and then you're quick to form a judgment. Right. Okay, be patient. Understand two sides to every story. Get the information 
and then you can make a, a better decision, a more Absolutely. a more informed decision at least. And we need to be people like that. It also says here to be slow to wrath, and it gives a very concrete reason for that. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And we can say amen on that. How many times have we seen our wrath and what it does? We lash out and uh, some people get violent or some people are verbally abusive. You say things, what's that old song, angry words, I'll let them never from the tongue. You know, you can really destroy relationships with your tongue. And so we need to be careful that we are very, very slow. It takes a lot to get us to that point. Uh, was Ephesians chapter 4, 26 and 27 says, be angry and sin not and don't let the sun go down on your wrath, right? And because, nor give place to the devil. And I think there's a connection there. Oh, absolutely. If you hold on to that wrath, if you harbor that thing and you go into the night and the next day, the devil has an opportunity to play with that. Oh, he's going to come after you. Yeah. So the God is saying, let that stuff go. So we shrink the playing field for the devil. He can't get you on that. Maybe something else he's going to come after you, but don't make it easy for him. It seemed like you had It's interesting there. in the Bible how often anger and inappropriate speech, oh, they're, they're linked together. They they're, are. They're found in the same neighborhood, That's we right. might say. That's right. Ephesians 4, verse 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and mm-hmm. slander mm-hmm. be put away from you along with all malice. And so you can see the connection yeah. there between anger and wrath and slander. That's right. Get mad at somebody and you start yes, slandering them. You do. So anger simply just leads to that inappropriate speech. And you see them linked together here in James chapter 1 as well. Different ways to be angry. There's that sudden outburst, and that leads to the problems. And then there's that beneath-the-surface anger that just seethes over maybe a period of of years even. That's right. And then that can be very damaging both to the one who's angry, unresolved anger, and to the one that he's angry with. And so we need to resolve our anger uh, before it really produces some r- really bad consequences. And, and, you know, if you've looked at yourself introspective like you should, a lot of the things we get angry over really are not worth it. They're petty things. They have to do with pride or jealousy or envy and things of that nature. Or some sense, you can't talk to me this way. Uh, are, are, there are some situations where we can have righteous uh, indignation. Mm-hmm. Jesus certainly was angry at people at times, but he looked at things through a spiritual lens. It was never a selfish kind of prideful sort of thing. So I think if we just start thinking about the kinds of things that make us angry, if we can shrink that to those things that are really worth uh, our righteous indignation, uh, it's going to be a small subset. I would say the vast majority of the times we get angry, they're not for culp- or really uh, warranted, if you're right. legitimate reasons. So, and that also goes back to James 1, wisdom. If you have the wisdom to begin mm-hmm. to look at things through a spiritual lens, I, I give an example of this. I remember when I was a young attorney, there was an older attorney that just loved picking on me for some reason. And uh, he would, unfortunately, had an alcohol problem. And so late in the night, that's when he got in the sauce, so to speak. And he would send these emails in front of everybody embarrassing me. And I just remember how angry I got and how upset I got. And I, I was one that's pretty prolific with my computer. So I would and send something off and I'd think about it. I was like, ah. Why did I do that? Of all these people on this email trial, I'm the only Christian. I didn't use profanity or anything, but it just—it was just not the right thing to do, mm-hmm. right? And, and I began to think, if I were to think of this from a spiritual standpoint, these are people that I can influence for the cause of Christ and stop worrying about my ego and trying to defend myself against the attack of this you know, uh, older lawyer, then I would have responded in a much more godly way. Because as the Bible says, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. There's very little righteousness that was produced <laughs> right, from that right. uh, typing that day. I was just angry. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we have run out of time. This is the sort of subject we could go on for uh, hours. But uh, certainly we've got some divine instruction that we need to be the kind of people that are slow to speak, 
swift to hear, slow to anger. Why? Because we're always trying to produce in our lives the righteousness of God, and the advice that we're being given uh, lends itself to that righteousness. On the flip side, if we're the kind of people that are quickly reaching conclusions, we're not listening to other people, we just want to hear ourselves, we're quick to get angry, we are not going to produce the kind of fruit that God is looking for among His people. And so let's do a better job. I want to give you a a few uh, moments to say some closing words, and then we'll end with a prayer as we always do. Well, again, I, I would just uh, amen what you've had to say is, uh, you know, let's examine ourselves. Let's, let's try to calm ourselves down mm-hmm. sometimes and it take, takes a deliberate effort to do that. Uh, but just slow down. If we can just slow down, think about our, our emotional response, think about what we want to say, uh, then it, we're going to do a whole lot better. Anger rarely produces anything good. Right. And so uh, you just have to slow yourself down. Think about it, and then make sure you make a good, informed decision. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for your time and your attention. Again, please get the word out about this podcast. Uh, We want as many people as possible to sit at the feet of God and listen to His will as revealed through this study of James. Uh, Let's end with a word of prayer, brother. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for all the good things that you give us each day. We acknowledge that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift, and we look at our lives and see so many good things in our lives, and we know that you're the, the giver of all of them. And so we're very thankful for the good things we have from you. We appreciate them. Uh, and Father, we acknowledge our dependence upon you, and we pray that our lives will reflect that gratitude as we go about living a life that's faithful to you and to your will. Father, we pray that you'll give us wisdom the wisdom we need to undergo trial successfully, the wisdom we need to endure that trial. Father, give us wisdom as we face temptation, understanding that uh, you're not the source of temptation. Uh, You don't tempt us to evil. You're not even tempted yourself. Help us to see that, Father. Help us to see that we're tempted by our own lust. And so uh, give us the wisdom to uh, to see our faults and to see where we fall short and help us to improve those areas, help us to to be stronger in our desire and our will to resist temptation when it comes. Help us, Father, to see ourselves the way you see us. Uh, help us to uh, to see us to see ourselves uh, as as weak, where we're weak, as strong, where we're strong. Help us to improve those weaknesses and build on those strengths. But Father, we pray that we don't see ourselves. Uh, that we don't deceive ourselves when we look at ourselves, that we see ourselves as we really are. Our Father, help give us wisdom as we approach uh, challenges in our life, uh, situations in our life that might possibly stir up our anger and our wrath. And if that were to take place, Father might produce uh, inappropriate words or speech or action. And so give us the wisdom we need to, uh, to, to see those situations and and to manage them successfully, a a good calmness of spirit, wisdom to see the right way, the best way to go, a good, uh, a good calm, uh, a good calm approach to those kinds of situations. In all areas of life, Father, we pray for wisdom, the wisdom that comes from above. We know, Father, that's the best way to live, to live according to your will and to live according to your word. And so give us the wisdom that we need to apply your will and your word in in our everyday life. We're thankful for Christ who came to this world, who who, uh, shed his blood on the cross so that our sins might be forgiven. Help us to follow in his steps every day. We pray these things in his name. Amen.